I'm going to start out. I didn't share last Wednesday night. I was went on the trip down to the Dominican Republic, was one of the fellows that went the second week there and didn't, didn't share last week because a lot of the stuff that went on on the trip was stuff that'll play into the what I have to say tonight. Um, all of you that have ever been down there before know, um, particularly this last trip, there was 30-something individuals that went. And there was people from... Ohio, people from here in Kentucky, people from West Tennessee, people that lived in West Tennessee but were originally from Starkville, Mississippi, and people from Henry County, even a handful of people from Henry County. Um, So a huge spectrum of people of all different ages, all different trades, and even this last trip there was a handful of women that went as well, and so we've had this biggest range of people that you could ever imagine and we accomplished more than most people could could accomplish that that was their trained skill that if a crew of workers had shown up to do what we did they would have probably done it in close to the same time they might have done it a little bit better but people that weren't even trained in what what we went and did it was incredible the amount that we accomplished and were able to get done in the amount of time that we did and all worked together peaceably in doing so. And um, with that being the case, that's what uh, is really, really incredible to work with people that do different things and you're working with them and you realize what you're doing and what they're doing, neither one of you have ever really done that before and don't really know what you're doing. You're just doing it and you're trying to do a good job of it and you're, you ask somebody, hey, is this, is this the way they want this to be done or this needs to be done? And they say, yeah, or do it a little bit, little bit different like this and you do it a little bit different and, and you get it all done and it's an incredible thing at the end of the week to step back and look and, wow, you accomplished an incredible thing. But the only reason that that is possible is because of the common factor in each individual and the common goal that we're all striving towards. And uh, it plays a, the, same, the same factor in the church here. The reason, uh, the reason that we were able to accomplish so much is because we all had the same goal and none of us had any ulterior motives as far as um, trying to be the best at whatever we were doing. Each one of us was just doing our best. And uh, it was really, really neat to work with people and the testimony of their working, knowing, like I said, that they don't necessarily do that, but they're trying their very best, and you know that that's the best that they can do. And uh, the reason... The reason that 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 is, like I said, is that the the common goal there and the common bond in each individual is their relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we here in Shelbyville Christian Assembly have the same exact common bond and the same exact goal. Um, As far as the goal there in the Dominican Republic, we were building a church, but not necessarily to build a church because that was obviously we look around and for some time we've been 
talking about needing a church, and we could really use a church too, so why don't we go right over there and we all build a church? Why would we go across the ocean to build a church? Well, there, um, the need was greater than just a church building. The need in the community was for lost souls. There was a huge community that, like they shared last week, the a large part of the community was really a really a rough crowd and the uh, the need there was salvation and once an individual is saved it's obviously best to become a member of a local assembly and the only church in that little community was a very small very rough building like they said that was back up an alley behind a bar or a nightclub and with it being a huge community and one little bitty church in the whole community tucked back up an alley behind a nightclub, they weren't getting, they, they were pretty well full and didn't have much room to grow. And like they said, the, the people, the new converts were coming to church and trying to learn and they could hear the rowdy music at the nightclub in the background. And they, they said, we're having a hard time growing with hearing, hearing what we try to l- leave behind, what we're leaving and de- we're delivered from. Hearing that in the background, that's no good. And we obviously agreed with them. And so the going down there to build the church, the goal was the glory of God and the continuing of the kingdom, the growing of the kingdom and the glory of God through not, um, not through what we did necessarily, but in a way we see that the church that we built there will allow the advancement of the kingdom and we did it. Um, I do believe so in such a way that we gave all of the credit to God because like I said, all of us that went, there weren't any of us necessarily that were particularly skilled in what we did. All of us had done a little bit of something before, but when we got done, there was no way for us to say, you know what, I laid all the block and it looks great because I didn't and it, it wouldn't have if I had. <laughs> but we, uh, everyone had played a part and for the common goal of the glory of the Lord in the continuing of the kingdom. And because of the common bond of Jesus Christ in each one of us, we were able to accomplish that. Um, And we here, as the body, sharing the same goal and desire for God to be glorified through us and what we do, and for the advancement of the kingdom, the growing of the church, and the saving of lost souls. And with uh, that being the case, I'd like for us all... um, there's been quite a bit of talk about it in, in, some, in some small groups and even here at church. There's been a lot of talk about the body and us as the body of Christ and sticking together and really uh, really praying for one another. And Brother Darrell said the, um, one of the first meetings that we had um, after Brother Tom's passing was that we really need to be sure that we've got everything right. If you've got something against somebody go to them and ask them for forgiveness or get make it right, whatever it is. And uh, there's nothing nothing that the devil and Satan and the kingdom of darkness would love any more than to see the church split or even just one individual to leave. There's nothing that the enemy would love more than that. And uh, I think that with all of that being the case and couldn't it's been a lot on my mind as well and I'm sure it has been everybody else's I'd like for us to put a lot of consideration into us as the body of Christ in the church and what that looks like to each one of us 
and to all of us. And um, with that being the case, there's so there's the, the common example in Scripture of us as the body of Christ, and there being many different members in the body. You know, and it, it says in First Corinthians there, and uh, talks about how you know the eye can't say to the ear, you know, you're not necessary because every part of the body is necessary. And uh, but also with that being the case, um, let's just look into look into that real quick. There's a point that I'm shooting towards here that um, in Colossians in chapter one. All of us as members of the body, it doesn't say anywhere um, in all of the scripture, doesn't talk about any member being better or more necessary than the other. It always talks about how every member has a different function, but all of the members of the body are necessary. And just like, uh, just like in the Dominican Republic, all of the different people played a part and all of them were necessary, but the one common goal that they all had was the same. It was Jesus Christ dwelling in them and the glory of God in the work that they completed. But we as the body in Colossians in chapter 1 in verse 18... It's speaking of Christ, and it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. I'm going to turn over to one passage, another passage there in Ephesians. In chapter 1 also, in verse 22 and verse 23. And it says, And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, in the fullness of him who fills all in all. If we think about the, the common example there of the church as being the body of Christ, and we're all, you know, we say, well, some of us are feet, and some of us are hands, and some of us are ears and mouths, and whatever it might be, we all have a different purpose but if you think of your, your body, the one thing that it has in common is the head tells it all what to do and controls all of it. Because if you think about it, um, if, uh, if you would for me, everybody in the whole room, raise one of your hands up into the air. Everybody's raising a hand. All right, you can put, good job. Very nice. A lot of, a lot of volunteers there. Um, <laughs> You, you were able to raise your hand because you sent a signal from your mind, from your head, that said to raise your hand. Now, how, how odd would it be if randomly throughout the day your hand just raised up in the air if you weren't telling it to? Would that um, that'd be a little bit strange? And uh, with that being the case, wanting us to think about our roles in the body and the importance of us being in the will of God and making sure that our relationship with the Lord is where it needs to be because if we feel like there's something that we 
should do or want to do, it would be the same to the body of Christ as if your hand just randomly flopped about without you. It's, it's doing something, but if it's not what you're telling it to do, it really looks a little bit silly. It looks a little bit silly, and it's a little bit embarrassing if you... People say, well, what's going on with it? I'm not... I don't want it to be doing that. It's just doing that. That'd be one thing if my brain was telling my hand what to do and my hand was picking something up. That's something that we all take for granted, the ability to do something. Your brain's telling your hand to do something and you do it. But if you're, a part of your body is just randomly doing something of its own, that's not normal and it's not right and it's a little bit embarrassing. It makes you as an individual look a little bit odd and uh, with that being the case though we got to think about us as the body of Christ and how we function if there's any one of us that get a take an idea or a notion that I think that I'm going to do this and this would be great for the church if that's not the will of God then it could make us as a body of Christ because it says that we are the body it says that he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. And it would be one thing, you could deal with your arm flopping around, and you could deal with that embarrassment, but think of how shameful and embarrassing it would be to be going against the will of God out of selfish pride to try and make something for yourself or to be noticed for who you are or something that you've done. And um, we don't ever ever see... um, in any instance, for uh, I'm not in any way into into basketball. I have watched a few games. I had to ask someone what one of their names was, but I'm sure most of y'all probably all know who Willie Cauley Stein is. Y'all don't ever see him go up and make a big dunk. And they say, man, look at his fingers holding on to the rim. Did you see that? Did you see his fingers were holding on to the rim? Well, no, because, of course, that's what they're supposed to be doing. But it was him as an individual that was impressive in doing it. Every part of his body, the muscles in his feet, everything assisted him to do what he did in that moment. And as us as the body of Christ, as the church, if we're walking in the will of the Lord, then when we do something, whatever it might be, whenever the Lord supplies us with a new building or the option to get another building or build something or whatever it might be, if that's the will of the Lord, then that's going to flow in such a way that it's glorifying to God, to Jesus Christ as the individual because we're His body. And nobody's going to say, man, look at so-and-so. They really worked that out for Him because nobody said, look at His fingers holding on to the rim. Isn't that impressive? Because it's not. Because if His fingers weren't there then if there were other parts of his body that weren't going into action, then it wouldn't have been accomplished. And just the same, it's silly for us as understanding that simple, the simple science there of how your body works, and it's the same analogy as the body of Christ, and us as the body of Christ, and what we do should all be to glorify Jesus Christ if we're his body and we're members of it. And so with that being the case, just think about that. That's, uh, like I said, that's all stuff that we, we hear so often. You know, we're, we're parts of the body of Christ. Well, I don't really, you know, know what part I am necessarily. But that, that doesn't, it doesn't matter what part you are. Like, like I said, nobody said, look at his fingers holding on to the rim. It was him. 
And if our heart's right and we're in the will of God, then what we're striving for is the glory of Jesus Christ because we're his body and not striving for your hand over here is striving for some attention of its own. And that makes me look weird if my hand's striving for some attention of its own. And just the same, only it's a whole lot worse because we're bringing shame and dishonoring the name of Jesus Christ if we're trying to do something in our own strength and our own abilities. And with that being the case, just wanted us to look into that a little bit more because it's, it's easy for us to, you know, take it take it lightly or say brush it off when someone says the will of God or the will of the Lord and say well you know I'm really searching out what the will of God is for me or what the will of the Lord is for my life but we all know what it is and people say what you know what the will of the Lord is yeah it's pretty simple it's in his word and it's the basic principles of Christianity and your Christian faith is all of us who are saved at some point in time, when you were saved, at the moment of salvation, what happened in the moment of salvation was the surrender of yourself. Because you realize that Jesus Christ opened your eyes to see that you can't save yourself, you can't do anything for yourself, you're perfectly helpless, and all that you can do is trust that He will save you. And in that moment, the Lord saves you if you truly if you truly believe because otherwise everybody else and everybody and even us up to that point are trying to do things in our own strength we're trying to save ourselves we're trying to do whatever it might be in our own strength and with our own abilities but at the moment of salvation when the lord causes us to see our sin and be broken hearted over the fact that we can't save ourselves there's nothing that we can do and in the moment of of giving up yourself and you know what Lord I can't I can't do it and that was that was how it was for myself when I'd been trying and trying and trying to to live a lot a Christian life but I knew it wasn't right and I'd try as hard as I could but I knew that it wasn't right and in a moment of brokenness the Lord helped me to see that there was nothing that I could do I couldn't try any harder all I had to do was let it go and give it to him and believe that he would do it. And in doing so, we're saved by faith and believing that through the power of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we're forgiven. And so, um, that basic Christian principle there in truth of giving up yourself, of crucifying the flesh, Jesus Christ said, and it um, said to in Matthew in chapter 10, these are all all verses that we all know and have all heard plenty of times. In Matthew chapter 10, it talks about taking up your cross and denying yourself and following Him. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That losing your life for his sake, the giving up of yourself, the crucifying of the flesh, is salvation, is believing in what Jesus Christ did. Because otherwise, we're striving after salvation ourselves and trying through our works to save ourselves. But in the realization of, I can't do it, Lord, you have to. 
is uh, is the hardest the hardest thing um, to do there is to for so many people the surrender of self because all of us um, all of us have by nature the flesh nature in us is all about ourselves and all about protecting ourselves and doing what's best for ourselves and whatever it might be it's all about us and whenever we realize that there's nothing that we can do that's kind of a helpless feeling like brother Darrell was saying we're really needy people we really are because we can't do anything of ourselves it, we're completely dependent on God and praise the Lord for the testimony in each one of our lives that that is the truth and that God does provide for us and he does save us and he does deliver us because I've been delivered of a whole lot of stuff and I've been saved from from eternal damnation because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and in uh, Romans in chapter 3 and verse 10 y'all don't have to turn there if you don't want I was just going to read a read a verse here that went along went a little bit along with that it says uh, in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 it says as it is written there is none righteous no not one there is none who understand and there's none who seek after God that is all of us in our flesh prior to salvation there's no righteousness in us none at all we don't understand and we don't naturally seek after God there's nothing in us that naturally seeks after God and that's why Whenever, um, that's usually where the brokenheartedness part comes in and the thankfulness to the Lord because we realize that apart from Him calling us and giving us eyes to see and ears to hear, then we were lost because there's nothing naturally in us that seeks after the Lord. And with that being the case, with all of us, all of us understand that principle that our flesh is against God and that's what we have to crucify the flesh. It talks about in Galatians in chapter 5, in the latter part of Galatians in chapter 5. I'll read that real quick. It says in verse 24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. I want us to continue to think about all the message tonight is about is us as a body and how we work together as a body whether that's just coming in here to worship and I like praying before church and I like praying tomorrow or whenever it might be for people in the church if uh, whatever the situation might be if we're walking in the spirit with the Lord then um, and you think of somebody and you think, well, that's, rather than thinking, well, that's weird. Why am I thinking about them? They, they did something to, have they done something to me? Rather than doing that, pray for them. There was a really neat situation that happened. To, it was over a year ago, I guess. I would told somebody something was coming up, and I said, well, I'll be praying for you. Well, we all know how that usually goes for us most of the time. We usually walk away, and it was a nice greeting and a not, the appropriate thing to say. Well, it was probably a week later, maybe not quite a week. I was working on the farm there for Paul, riding around in the tractor, and I just had this impression to, to pray in the Spirit. I didn't really know why, and I prayed for a while and went on about while I was riding around in the tractor and went on about my way. And a few days later, I talked to the individual, and it turns out what I was going to be praying for him for 
they had gone through or had taken place that same day that I'd felt the impression to be praying for them. And that's really, really neat whenever whenever something like that happens. But stuff like that could could go on every day and should go on every day amongst us as believers. I want us to really take seriously the how big an issue it is the crucifying of the flesh and the being sure that Jesus Christ is the one on the throne in our lives and making no no opportunity for our flesh because it'll it'll really rear up and shame the body of Christ if if we're not on guard there and obviously that's like I was saying that's a the most necessary and basic Christian truth that Jesus Christ died to give you for to give you um, deliverance from yourself essentially because my flesh was sinful and wicked and I didn't have any choice other than to sin prior to Jesus saving me but through his blood his blood shed at the work on the cross he made gave me freedom to where I'm not a slave of sin and with that being the case um, it's so easy for us easy for us to forget that and trying to try and delve into deeper stuff or fall into the pattern of everyday life and try and maybe deal with big sins or whatever it might be in our life but I want to want us to think about um, think about two different things here I'm going to read another verse to you in uh, Matthew chapter 6 in verse 33 to the end there it says but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I think a lot of us get caught up in, very quickly and very easily get caught up in thinking about tomorrow or what's, what's ahead of us. And there's nothing wrong with preparing and being prepared or making ready for tomorrow. But... If we're so worried about tomorrow that today slips us by and we realize laying on our bed at night that we hollered at somebody in at a at the red light or whatever it might be, got angry at somebody because something didn't go the way we wanted it to at work or whatever it might be, when sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And turns out tomorrow it says we'll worry about its own things tomorrow. We'll be we'll be worrying about the next day, and tomorrow we'll have to deal with what we did today. If today we weren't walking according to God's will and doing what was pleasing in His sight, tomorrow we're going to have to pay the consequences for that, and things ain't going to go as easy as they were. We've talked a, a lot about lately, and thought a lot about lately, how true the verses are in the scriptures are about reaping what you sow, whether that's long-term or short-term. And if today we're worrying about tomorrow, today blows by really quick and turns out it's tomorrow. And tomorrow we've got the next days to worry about. With that being the case, it says sufficient for today is its own trouble. We have to walk with God one day at a time, each of us individually. When we wake up in the morning... We have to walk with God that day and serve God that day. 
in that morning, that day, crucify our flesh and be sure that Jesus Christ is on the throne in our life. Because it's really easy for us to say, well, two more days and it'll be Sunday. So I'm going to do whatever I want to on Saturday. And you go and do whatever you want to do. And you get mad at somebody or you do something that you ought not have done. And then Sunday comes and you're sitting there in church. And the devil's whispering in your ear and you ain't able to listen. And you're kind of feeling convicted. But you're kind of feeling like you shouldn't even be there. And you're wondering, what am I even doing? Because sufficient for the day is its own troubles. And another, the other verse that I wanted us to think about was the verse that Brother Tom wrote down when he passed away. Is the verse that the day is like a mist, our life. Not the day, our life is like a mist. The vapor in the morning, and it really, if you think about it some morning when it's really foggy, it'll be fog so thick that you can't even hardly see. And the sun comes up and... In a really, really short, you look around and do just a few things and you look up and it's clear as can be. And that's how quick our life goes by. And if we're worrying about tomorrow, today, instead of walking with God and walking with the Lord today and being really, really diligent about that, it's so easy. The devil, we all know, goes about like a roaring lion trying to devour us and deceiving those that he can. And if he can get us to believe that, you know... I'm just got to do what I got to do today. I'll deal, I'll deal with this tomorrow or whatever it might be. Tomorrow never comes. When tomorrow's here, it's going to be Friday's going to be tomorrow. And so tomorrow is, uh, there's nothing that we can do about that. We've got to serve God today. And I uh, also wanted to talk a little bit about um, us as individuals the importance of of us as the body individually, and that, that's what I've been talking about, individually our walks with God. Because for us to operate as a body, it's so easy for us to think, well, so-and-so, if so-and-so would do this or if so-and-so would do that, I can't walk with God for so-and-so. I can't be sure that so-and-so's walk with the Lord is right. But I can try my very best to be sure that mine is. And each one of y'all can do the same. And if all of us have that same mindset, because um, there's quite a bit of Scripture. I was started looking up some verses, and there was a whole, whole bunch of them that talk about worrying about somebody else or judging somebody else. The, verse, um, the verses in Matthew here actually about is right below where I was just reading in chapter 7. It says, Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? Do you not consider the plank in your own? And we've all heard that a whole, whole lot of times. But how many times do we think about it whenever we judge somebody else and think, well, man, I can't believe they did that. Do we ever think that, wait a minute, what about the plank in our own eye? Because it's there. If you had that thought rather than praying for them, because the, the real thing is, we don't know what other people are dealing with or what, what they're going through. And like I was saying, and like we all know, we're all different parts of the body. Thankfully, we're not all the same because if we was all feet, we'd be sitting right, we would be sitting right here and there wouldn't be no legs to power the feet to land on the ground to go somewhere. Really, if we was all just one thing, if we were all one part of the body, then we wouldn't really be good for anything. We're all different parts. And we got to take that into consideration because we look at somebody else and we judge them so quickly for, well, I can't believe they 
aren't doing whatever it might be, well, you you not really it's not really your responsibility to walk with God for them and do that for them. That may not be what the Lord has for them. Be sure you've got your own walk with the Lord right and are doing what you're supposed to be doing because God will deal with that individual if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and or they'll be convicted by your walking with the Lord. And I uh, want to read another passage in... Uh, Philippians, going full circle here back to the the first part there when I was talking about us all as the body and Jesus Christ as the head of the body in Philippians in chapter 2. In chapter 2 in verse 5, it says, And let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." If Jesus Christ is the head of the body and we all as members, like we all understand, the head tells the body what to do and the body does whatever the the head tells it to do. So if we're walking in the will of God, surrendered to Him, the rest all really flows pretty naturally because you find yourself... um, I'm going to try and stay on track there. I was about to get off track pretty bad. Hold on here. The verse that we just read, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We as the body, if Christ is the head, and this is what was in the mind of Christ Jesus, if this was the mind of Christ, he was in the form of God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of man humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Son of God Almighty, if he made himself of no reputation and humbled himself and died for each one of us, then how, uh, how should we act and how should we respond to others and how should we think of ourselves, really, if the head, if the mind of Christ, if the mind of Christ and the will for each one of us, if this is what he did, if he did not, if he did not make himself of any reputation and took on the form of a servant and humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, then makes, uh, makes anything that we think we can do in our flesh makes it seem pretty small and makes... Uh, makes anything that we think of ourselves, any of us that that think that we're really something, it makes you really think twice about that because it turns out if Christ is the head and he was equal with God, but he did not use that in his advantage in any way, he could have, it says he could have called down thousands of angels to have come down and rescued him from the cross, but he didn't. And whatever it might be with us, with whatever situation we're going through, 
let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because if we're the body of Christ, then whatever situation we're going through, and we think, well, I didn't deserve to be treated that way. Well, no. And Jesus Christ didn't deserve to die on a cross to save you either. But he did it because he loved you. And uh, that's um, some powerful stuff there that all of us need to be reminded of and need to to walk in that daily because when we walk out of here and we all go to work tomorrow how are we going to respond to people how are we going to treat others if we see somebody in need or if somebody does something wrong to us whatever it might be how are we going to respond and how are we going to treat them or whoever it might be in the in the church here a brother or sister in the church that does something that you think that they shouldn't have done to you are you going to hold that against them and make it where um, I can't quite give you a good example but you can all envision if you was walking along and all of a sudden one of your feet quit walking and you was just hopping along dragging that one foot that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't be no count either as far as for the glory of the body and as we're all striving for the glory of Christ then we all have to be striving for the will of God to work together. And uh got one more passage here I'm going to read that really wraps it all up and would do us all probably good to read again um, some other time or throughout the week. Um, in Romans in chapter 12... I'm going to read read most all of chapter 12 there. Y'all can follow along. And beginning in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we can put push pause for just a minute there, if we look back and say, see that if we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice and our minds are transformed, renewed and transformed by the word of God, then we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Whenever our minds are renewed and we're transformed, the will of God naturally flows out of us. And we look back on our lives and we realize that because, whether it's the last week or the last two years or the last ten years, or in Brother Tom's situation, the last however many years from whenever, whenever he got saved there, you look back over all that time and you realize that the will of God flowed through your life because daily... If you present yourself as a living sacrifice and you renew your mind according to the word and you will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you're seeking the will of God by doing what you know to do in the scripture by crucifying the flesh and praying always. It says pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. If you're striving your best and believe in God and renewing your mind, and meditating on His Word, and striving your very best in that way, doing what you know is the will of God, you look back on the things that happened in your life, 
and you realize that the will of God is perfect and that everything that took place was perfect for you and that it couldn't have been any better if you'd have done what you wanted to do. I'm going to carry on reading there. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry let us use it in our ministering he who teaches in teaching and he who exhorts in exhortation and he who gives with liberality and he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness let love be without hypocrisy Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, and given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. I said I was going to read most all of it. I read all of it. But uh, I think that it would do us all good. Whenever I read that, I thought, wow, that's, that's like they wrote that letter to us. And obviously we know that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and correction and for instruction in righteousness that we may be Thoroughly equipped and perfect. Thoroughly equipped to all good works. And uh, I think that that would be really, really good for us all to read over that and think about everything that it says in there because that's a whole lot of good stuff in there that was written to a body of believers that believe what we believe and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he saved us. And that, I believe, is all that I have uh, all that I have for us tonight there. Um, I would, uh, I'll close us in prayer, and then there's a couple other little announcements that I have. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for 
the truth that it is and the light that it is to shine at the darkness in the world and the darkness that still lingers in us in places and we thank you that that light in your truth shines and drives that away. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be pleasing to you as a body in the way that we operate as a body. I pray that the scriptures that we just read, that those would be the testimony of us, Lord, that we would walk in all of those things and pray that you would give us grace to love one another and walk with one another in such a way that is pleasing to you. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us individually to know what your will is for us so that we would be glorifying to you as a church, doing your will together. And pray, Lord, that you would give us a good rest of the evening. Keep us all safe as we go from here. And pray that you would bring us all back together to worship you on Sunday. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.